are back again with another episode. We are a little late this week, but you know what? We're here. We're alive. We're healthy. Um, what's been going on with you guys lately? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Kim. Um, I have a big announcement, y'all. Some of y'all probably have seen it if y'all follow us on social media, which D will give us a social media shortly. But I did drop a fitness line. Um, I have two lines. One is the men's line, which is swole body, big body. And if y'all know me, I say that all the time in the gym. And then the other one is body by Kim, which is kind of what my personal training has turned into. Um, just anybody that trains with me, that body by Kim. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can find that at Kim V underscore. Um, and I want to shout out Jalen Poland, who is the photographer. He was tagged in the post as well. Uh, my best friend Des for being a model for the men's fitness line. And then my friend Kenya, she's at love KV L U V KV um, for putting the logo together for me. So that's huge. Um, other than that, I think that's it as far as like updates and shout outs for me. Okay. Randy. I don't have any updates. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't have any. Oh, yeah, you do. Your birthday was like four days ago. I mean, we're yeah. past it now. It don't matter. Happy but related. Thanks. My birthday was amazing. I didn't want it to end. Um, I went to Houston. I got to visit my best friends. And we never fucking take pictures. We're like the worst because it's kind of like we're always catching up. So I got to visit her and hang out with her. Um... There was this, um, oh, I can shout out the private chef that came and cooked. Okay, so his Instagram is, I'll spell it, it's H-O-S-A-N-N-A-B-A-X. Um, he came and made us breakfast, which was really cute. It was really great. Um, so yeah, follow him if you're in Houston. He's a private chef. Um, he was really dope, really friendly, really nice and affordable. Um, but yeah, other than that, I just, you know, shopped and kicked it and went out and yeah, I had a great time. You looked good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> How does 30 feel? You feel different? 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> At first, I was just, I didn't know how to feel, but I feel kind of the same, but I also feel like, you know, I have to be more mature. You're and a woman. a bigger person <laughs> and... You know, you may see me hugging my enemies and stuff nowadays. Oh, Lord. That's a good thing, though. But, oh, Lord. She's telling the truth. That's a good thing, though. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah. So, I do feel a little different. Because, I don't know, maybe it's mental, but I feel like I have to carry myself differently than before. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. Well, you can follow us on social media. Our Instagram is Take Control Podcast. Our Twitter is Take Control Pod, and you can email us at takecontrolpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so let's get into the show. And here I go with my long little <laughs> things. <laughs> um, all right, so this tweet came from I am Kira J. It says, too many people honestly believe there's no such thing as in the right of wrong time to get into a relationship. And I think we touched on this kind of briefly, but I like where she went with this. Um, and then she said, and that is precisely why so many situations that could have been beautiful fail because you think timing doesn't matter. 
When it comes to young love, of course, different rules apply because the nature in young love is to make mistakes and grow from them. Young love isn't really about love at all. It's about learn. But when it comes to adult relationships, timing is very important. If either of you hasn't healed from a previous relationship, it's not the right time. You can ruin it before it begins with unsolved unresolved wounds. Work on yourself so you can align with someone as your best self and produce the best relationship. If either of you are financially struggling or have no place to live, it's not the right time. Financial problems are a burden. It's selfish to ask someone to join you in your struggle. Plus, you can get out of the struggle a lot faster if you focus on your goals instead of dating. Then she goes on to talk about having low self-esteem. That doesn't make it the right time and so on and so on. Um, I 100% agree with all of that. I do agree because I think when we talked about it, did we agree that? I know I agree. I said that like, I do believe that timing. I said something about like right person, wrong time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And And I, I definitely believe in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I may have said something like, you can make it the right time. But with the examples that she gave, I 100% agree. If yeah. you don't have yourself fully together, dating relationship should be the very last thing on your list. I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speak your stuff, sis. Okay, so I know, you know, there's a lot going on in this world, crazy world. Like, I don't even know what day it is anymore. And everything is a blur. So, with all the writing and protesting going on, how do you guys feel about it? Um, because I know I've been seeing some people saying, like, they're all for the protesting and stuff, but not for the looting. Some people are saying, why does it matter? People are angry. Let them do what they want to do. So, what do you guys think? Want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I'm not against any of it. Um as far as the looting is concerned, a broken window can be replaced. Mm-hmm. Stolen mer- merchandise can be replaced. Uh, lives cannot. And initially, you know, years ago, I probably would have been one of those people who was like, I mean, I'm okay with the protest, but they shouldn't loot. And now I just feel like burning shit down, to be completely honest. Like, it wasn't built for us. It wasn't created for us. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear people say the system is broken. No, they were intentional about how this country was built. Um, it was never for black people. We were never supposed to get ahead. Um, so yeah, it's just, I mean, it's what I said. Y'all can burn this shit down. And honestly, I feel like not necessarily in a literal sense, burn it down. You could do that too, but <laughs> <laughs> like this whole thing needs to be dismantled and rebuilt. rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I 100% understand why people are looting. I 100% understand why people are peacefully protesting. Uh, I understand it all. I do think that people have to be clear in the narratives that are being presented to the public. You know what I mean? Protesters are protesting peacefully. Looters are looting. Some people see it as an opportunity to go steal from a store to mm-hmm. get something that they wanted that they couldn't afford. But that presents a bigger issue. Like, why does it have to be so bad in this country that people can't afford the things that they want to the point where they have to steal something? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's from all angles. It's not just, you know, people getting killed by the police. It's 
economic issues as to why people, you know what I mean? Like, we're in a pandemic. People don't even know how they're going to survive at this point. This country mm-hmm. is in complete shambles. So yeah. that's why I say, like, they can burn this shit to the ground. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess I agree. I kind of wasn't, my whole issue was people ruining black businesses. Um, because personally, you know, a family member of mine's store got robbed by a bunch of black kids. And it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And seeing how well he responded caused a lot of confusion. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, that's who he is. He's mm-hmm. a very, like, calm, um, what word am I looking for? Um, I can't think now, but I've been using it every time I explain the situation. But, like, he's a very calm person. He doesn't let a lot piss him off. So, I appreciated his positive outlook on it and the way he responded to the situation. But it's stuff like that that I didn't sit well, that didn't sit well with me. Because I feel like, like you said, Brandy, some people are using it as an opportunity. But I think people have to learn to separate the people who are doing that for, um, and the people that are actually peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to separate the two. I don't think... The people that are going to peacefully protest are also wanting to go out and steal. Yeah. But go ahead. But I was just gonna say, you know, I mean, do what you got to do. I I understand, but I just wanted to be the right intentions. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I understand it. I understand the protesting and the looting because if you look at it as a whole, if you look at the black community have always been oppressed and always gone through trauma. When you look at it from a mental health aspect. How are people that deal with trauma going to react when something like this happens? And a lot of people aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about this just being a random person off the street that feels like this is an opportunity for them to steal. But what they're reacting to is hurt, trauma, you know what I mean? Oppression. Like they, this may have been something in their own family. So when I got to look at it from that perspective, I kind of eased up on like, because I was the person that was confused at like, well, why do you have to steal to get the point across? And it's not even black people that are stealing, too. It's like the white people are breaking windows and shit, but it's always going to get pinned on black people. Mm-hmm. But once I looked at it from a mental health standpoint, I understand it. There's If you're not taught how to deal with things or not uplifted in this world, how else are you going to resort? You know what I mean? What else are you going to resort to if that's what you're taught? Like, you're literally... Mental health teaches it, like, as a profession. When you're dealing with trauma, you don't think through things properly and appropriately. So that person looting isn't thinking in the moment what's going to happen after this because they're that fight-or-flight mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how I see it. Like, I'm definitely here for protesting. I think it needs to happen. My best friend um, shut down her own hair salon for, like, and that's how she makes a living for, like, a week, week and a half to protest, and I support that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like... I was on her books and I'm like, I can't even be mad that my appointment got canceled because it's something that matters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I understand it 100%, 100%. Yeah. I was going to say, and another thing about the protests is like a lot of the violence and the chaos is happening because the police are, they are instigating these issues. Like people are out there peacefully protesting and it was here in the city. You seen someone in the street on his, he was kneeling not causing any trouble, and the cop literally walked up to him and maced him yep. for no reason. He wasn't doing anything. So a lot of these, a lot of these people are going downtown here and across the country peacefully protesting, and the police are inciting these issues. Right. Or it's, excuse me, it's white people inciting yeah. these issues. It's not black people. So that's why I want everybody to be very clear about the narratives that we're given in the media. Like there are people protesting, and they are people. There are people that are looting, and it's separate. 
So, I don't know. And respect to your cousin because I don't know how I would have handled that situation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Black owned or not. And I've, and I've been one of those people where it was like, well, go to the white neighborhoods and do that. Right. You know what I mean? But they're going to shoot them dead. You know yeah, what I mean? And it's, and it's a reaction to situations that we've been forced into. You know what I mean? You can't necessarily tell people how to react. And I don't know if anybody have been watching like these different interviews or different commentators like Trevor Noah said something really good like people always say like oh well this isn't the right way to go about it well what is the right way why isn't looting the right way why isn't protesting the right way he was like we need to start combating the things that are told to us because you know this is it's a contract society Mm -hmm. is a contract and police brutality and police officers who don't care about black people y'all broke the contract Mm yeah you know what I mean y'all broke the contract so, well, my thing is like, speaking of him talking about like the peaceful protests, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, all the white people burned their Nike gear. Are we going to forget that? Exactly. And, the, and his career was fucked up from it. So which one do y'all want? Do y'all want right. us to sit down at our own jobs and protest peacefully? Or do you want us to loot the streets? Yeah. Pick one. Right. Yeah. You can't pick and choose. Like and that's why I said I understand it all and I'm not against any of anything mm-hmm. that's happening. You know what I mean? Like whatever it's ta- at this point, whatever it takes for things to change in this country and across the war- world when it comes to black and brown people, I'm all for it. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm I'm all for it. I yep. support all of it. Yeah. I like how it's bringing us together too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it's not just black people out there protesting. It's everyone. And I I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, I've been seeing a lot of people complaining like, well, they haven't lately because we'll get to that in a minute. But I've been seeing people who are complaining like, oh, we don't want to see your selfies. You know, black people are dying. Or if you're not posting this, then you chose your side. All of that crap. Like. Do you guys agree with that? Or do you think it's okay for some people to not have anything to say? I think it's 100% okay for someone to not have anything to say. I know when the last time we recorded, I believe, was the day after George Floyd was killed, if I remember correctly. And I remember sitting here in my couch and I went to try to post something and I, I started typing and I stopped. Started typing again and I stopped. And I couldn't pull the words together to get out what I wanted to say. And I found a tweet that basically just said something like, being black is waking up in a good mood, then seeing a black person get killed for no reason, and then you're emotionally messed up, but then you're still expected to go to work. Like, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I posted that. But I think that it's okay for people to not have anything to say. That doesn't mean that they don't support or that they're not standing with people who have something to say. Some people are just numb and some people just don't want to do that to themselves because it's not healthy. You know what I mean? I think a couple days later I posted something like, you know, I understand that y'all are trying to get the word across and the message across, but this shit is traumatizing. Like, I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to see it. And I literally had to take myself off of social media because I literally spent seven days crying. Every single morning I would get up. It was the first thing I would see and I would cry all morning long. So you have to pull back from it. You know what I mean? It's good to be in the loop, but you got to know when to stop. Yeah. So if somebody chooses not to post anything, I think it's okay. Now, I, I will say it's kind of weird when the world is on fire and you still see people 
IG models and, and selfies and different things like that. It is, it's weird, but it's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but it is kind of weird to see. Yeah, I agree with the, the ending part that you were saying there because I kind of was at a space where I'm like, so one of my best friends actually was dealing with, and he's never, never, never sad, like ever. Like, he's always upbeat, always uplifting and stuff. And he was dealing with it really hard to the point, like, where he was in his room and just, like, broke down. And it's, to me, and he is posting stuff, so I'm not saying that, but I'm bringing that point up to say that people are silently suffering. And somebody not posting something, maybe because it's hard for them. Like for me personally, I was off of social media and I got brought back because of this, because I wanted to use my voice Mm -hmm. and I'm not scared in any situation, white, black, Asian, Puerto Rican. I don't care who I'm standing in front of. I'm going to speak to this and I'm going to say something because I'm tired of it. And I will always, this is why I studied black history. I will always, always, always advocate for black people always. And I'll explain why later when we get into the show. Um, But it's just kind of like, I get, why you wouldn't want to, but I do think it's weird when it's not acknowledged, period, and all you're worried about is posting your ass on the sink. Like, that's that to me is weird. Mm-hmm. You could be silent, silently suffering, and this is a way to get your mind off of it by getting attention. I don't know. But I do think it's like, like, as if I'm honest, I felt some type of way about wanting to drop my line with all this going on. But I know that I have a business that I'm trying to pursue so I want to be able to do both. And yeah. what is a dope thing that my friend did, which shout out to him again, Des, he has a clothing line and he brought like a Black Lives Matter tee out. Mm-hmm. So I think that would that's dope, you know, to do it that way. Um, but I do, I agree. I think it's weird. Like, no, you don't have to post anything. You don't have to say anything. You could be having these conversations with God or your peers. But I do think it's weird. Yeah. It, not to say it's weird in a bad way. It's just weird because it's like you go down your timeline and that's all you see is a man being murdered or people protesting or news you know reports of all of this stuff and then you just see somebody posting like whatever something outside of that you know what i mean and it just it's it's weird but it's not necessarily a bad thing because i don't know what those people are doing behind instagram you know what i mean so it's not that big of a deal to me and like i said people have their own ways of dealing and I don't want to be the person to be like, oh, you have to get on Instagram and say something or acknowledge this or whatever the case may be because I don't always have the mental capacity to do it myself. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know for me, like, I try not to say much about these situations because they're, it's so sensitive and you don't want to say the wrong things. or, But I also don't want people to feel like I don't care. But, like, once I wrap my mind around stuff, it really messes with my mind and I get so deep into it that it's it fucks me up mentally so I try not to get into all that stuff yeah but and I think it's the same thing like I know there was like some backlash about people not going down and protesting and different Mm -hmm. things like that and for me personally I don't want to go down there because of my anxiety and where I was a week ago with all of this, like I just wouldn't have been able to handle it at Mm -hmm. all. And I was talking to my homeboy about this and I was like, you know, I started doing research and there's so many other ways to use your voice. Like he's an artist, you know, art activism is a thing. I wasn't familiar with it. I started reading up on like, it's so many different Mm -hmm. ways that you can, you know, use your voice like Lolo she's been putting out these different posts surrounding it and just you know using her creative talents to do things you know what I mean like we use the podcast space to talk about it and have yeah. these conversations mm-hmm. it, it's so many different ways that you can use your voice to be in solidarity with what 
everything with what everyone else is doing right yeah. so i signed a bunch of um petitions and stuff yeah um that i've been seeing posts and they're sending me continuous emails about other black lives so yeah. i've been i've been signing those as well and then i will say like i cried because i live downtown and i remember it was i want to say a sunday i think this was the same day that it brought me to tears by the end of the day i got home from work and I could hear them because I'm probably four minutes from Broad Street, maybe three minutes from Broad Street. And I could hear their voices and it was powerful. But then I saw them like three hours later walking on my street, honking with the signs. And it, it made me cry because you hear about these things in history books, like people that walked with Martin Luther King. You hear about these things, but to witness that and be a part of that is so, so, so different. Like I went and protested. Um myself and it's just it's different like to actually be walking through that and like you for me personally maybe it's like I said because I study black history I just got flashback images like black and white images in my head of like all the black people that were trying to stand you know with Martin Luther King and everything and the signs that they had and then some of the white people that were standing with them and it's just crazy that like here we fucking are again Mm -hmm. here we are again yeah it's modern and people want to say it's not so bad but that doesn't make the oppression less that doesn't make it hurt less that doesn't make anything else invalid just because we fast forwarded what 70 years yeah like and not even here we are again we never really actually let and never. that's what that's the point i've been bringing up because they started recording these videos in 2006 and it's still happening and that's before video cameras started like being accessible to your phone yeah so like if that was 2006 we missed a whole bunch of shit worth of decades that happened from 2006 and back And now it's just the first incident that gets recorded is 2006. And here we are in 2020. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I just feel like I do think this is making a big, it's a big wake up call because I've never seen Columbus act like this. But I just think that like so much more has to be done. So much more has to be done like for this to finally like be done. You know what I mean? I think we're... I've been talking to my friends and having these conversations. I think that this is a turning point. It's it's some kind of shift that's about to happen. And not to say that it's something that we're going to see a necessary big change in our lifetime, but we're on the shift of something. And I think what makes this time so different from all the other times that we've watched a black person get killed by the police on camera is because we watched this man die Mm -hmm. you know sandra bland eric garner you know uh tamir rice everybody up to this point we've seen an incident occur but we've never actually seen someone take their last breath on camera you know what i mean like it was always suspicion around it We had, you know, different stories, but we never actually watched a person die on camera. We watched this man die, and that cop still had his knee on his neck even after he was unresponsive. Like seven minutes longer. And it's crazy because a couple of days after it happened, me and my mom were here. She was helping me um, switch my winter and summer clothes out. And a commercial came on BET, and it was eight minutes 46 seconds which was how long he was on that man's neck and it was complete silence and all you heard was somebody breathing for eight minutes and 46 seconds and it's like we always talk about when we do this podcast when we first started like 30 minutes is a long time to just talk Mm -hmm. imagine just somebody you're like you're slowly dying yeah that's that's real and i just had to like i had to 
breathe. Like I had to catch my breath when me and my mom were looking at it because I was just like, wow. Like the commercial seemed like it was on for yeah, like all day is what it felt like. And it was, it, it wasn't, but it was just like, this is undeniable. Like you can't, you cannot deny this. You can't deny it. And furthermore, I don't know if anybody else watched the video, but like when the paramedics got there, they didn't even try to revive them. Like, typically when somebody's not responsive, you do CPR. Mm-hmm. They just kind of got him up. Because they, they knew what he did. And that was that. It was like no one cared mm-hmm. about this man. And I think white people can't deny it anymore. If they were blind to it, ignorant to it, didn't know racism was a thing. You can't deny this. And I think that's why you see so many people coming together. When me and my mom went downtown just driving by... It was so many white people out there protesting and it was bittersweet, but it was just like, that's what has to happen in order for things to change. Yeah. It can't just be us out there protesting. They don't give a fuck about they us. Don't. Like, you know what I mean? They've yeah. made it very clear. We don't, we, we'll kill you on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So I think now that white people are getting involved and you see these different news commentators and all these different people with all these different opinions and these CEOs wanting to step down and just, I, I think we're on the shift of something yeah that we did a during the protest um we did an eight minutes and 46 seconds like pause i'm not kidding like you said how long that was i sat there and just closed my eyes and just was praying for the world like that's immediately what came to me when i shut my eyes and it felt like i was in that moment for like an hour like a a fucking hour and then to find out that like he was passed out like about two minutes into it that means you sat on him for another like six to seven minutes and you knew what you were doing like but to feel that and be in that moment and just sit there for that long and people are like oh it's eight minutes like that doesn't sound long sit there silent with your eyes shut for eight minutes 46 seconds damn near nine minutes and you tell me if it's long or not yeah so there was a video going around um of a white woman who was upset and angry at Nickelodeon because they had the commercial on there of the eight minutes of the breathing. And I guess her son or child, whoever it was, was like crying and upset. And she was like ready to cancel Nickelodeon. But it's just like, this is what's happening. Like, I don't, I just. (laughs) Okay, Karen. Exactly. (laughs) Can we say that? Because that's what I wanted to say. Okay. Instead of whatever I said. but it's just people like that that are just ignorant it's just like you don't give a fuck unless it's someone that you know or because you're not black and you don't have to experience this like it that's real though because i was there was a white girl at my job today talking about and it made me just go you guys live in a different world what she's worried about right now at like seven months pregnant is that her boyfriend didn't want to take a bath with her you guys live in a different fucking world. Every day, you live in a different world. You wake up, and the only thing you're worried about is your stupid-ass Starbucks order. Am I going to make it in line on time? Am I going to make it to my job on time? And is, is Karen going to talk to me today? Like, you guys live in a different world. And I tread lightly on this, too, because that's not me saying, like, the white person is wrong or like she's wrong or whatever, but how can you tell me that you get it or it's sad or this and that 
when it's not something you think about every single day. It's not something that you live through every day. And I, I came up with the term, if you can't ad, if you can't relate, then advocate because it's like white people kept saying things like, I mean, I understand, but you just invalidated everything that you There's said. Exactly. There you is just no invalid. I mean, I get why they're looting, but Nothing, just, just shut the fuck up. Okay. You don't have you to know, say anything. Yes. What's so crazy is I was at a gathering and, um, there was two white women who was there at a gathering full of black people and they're quietly at the end of the table talking about this looting and protesting and how they just think, you know, it's just so horrible and it has nothing to do with this and that and the third. And it was like, really? Like, this is the time that y'all two want to pick this in a room full of mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. black women at that. It's like, Karen and you, Susan. you really want to go there. I don't think you want to do that right now. No. I really don't think you want to do that right now. It's just... I just, I mean, for for them to be so intimidated and scared of us, they sure do got a lot to fucking say. Hell yeah, and they sure do like our men. They love starting shit, but as soon as we get angry and we fucking retaliate, now y'all, oh my god, no, if you, no. Did y'all see the video of the lady in the gas station talking to the uh, the other lady, telling her to go back to her country, no, talking, telling the gas attendant not to serve her, like Mm-mm. she was the manager of the gas station and she was not. So she walked up on the girl. I think the young lady was Hispanic. She walked up on her and went to like grab her arm. The Hispanic girl turned around and smacked her. I saw it. So quick. I was like, period. Like that. That is it right there. Like I'm not. I was like, see, y'all be y'all pick the right people because I couldn't. I can't do it. I I cannot do it. I I cannot imagine somebody coming to me, especially right now, having something crazy to say. And I hate. Like I don't one point I wanted to mention like I about you know this shift and hopefully there will be a change is that I don't think it's going to be our generation yeah, because it's like I hate to say this but something in me I, I really don't like white people and I hate to say mm-hmm. that like I, I don't I can't and I and I know it's wrong and I pray about it but it's an unsettling feeling that I have yeah. mm-hmm. and I was telling Ashley this. I'm like, you know, the only change that's going that we're going to be able to see is with our children. Yeah. Because we know it's wrong, but it's so hard at th- 31 years of my life to unlearn. Yeah. yeah. What I've been, what I've witnessed, what I've been, what's been said around me, what's been taught. But I know I can do something different with my kids. So I was like, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but I'm hoping that with my children and my grandchildren, they'll be in a totally different world yeah. than what we are. But it's just like. It's just really hard. I mean, speaking of kids, I had reached out to Ashley and I was like, girl, like, what are you saying to your boys? Because I sat for a while and I was like, should I say something? Should I not say something? And I started a a light conversation, didn't get into too much detail, but um, my five-year-old was just like, well, I don't want to be black. And I was just like, oh my God. So I was like, let's just talk about this another time. But, you know, I just, from then I had to explain to him, like, I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to love your skin. I want you to love being a black boy. Like, don't ever feel like you have to hate your skin color because of what's going on, you know? Yeah. And, um, and of course, of course, that's it. Of course, Royce kind of felt like he shouldn't like the police or, you know, they're evil. And it's like, I don't want my kids to have hate in their heart. And mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like, you know, 
they can't love who they are. And it was it was just so sad because after he said that, he ran to the bathroom. He was like, let me go see. And he was like, I'm not black. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> it was just like, uh, like, how do you have these conversations with your children? And Ashley was just like, I'm just not. I'm not yeah, doing it. And she, I was like, I agree. I can't do this. Yeah, her and I had the conversation. And I think that. I don't even know if I should say all of this on the show, but one of my god kids, he's only seven. He doesn't like white people. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he got it from. We we've never taught him to not like white people. He just doesn't like white people. And so the older one, he's only ten, but he's big. Like he's my size. He looks like a thirteen year old. And her and I were having the conversation, like, you know, when's a good time to talk to him about it? Because, you know, We've seen the stories on social media, like when do black boys go from being cute to being um, monsters? And it's just really hard because, like I said, he's the sweetest kid ever. He's harmless. And just to think, like, he could get into something really that has nothing to do with anything other than the color of his skin really bothers me. It troubles me. But, I I mean, I don't know how to have these the conversation like I don't yeah but I would say I mean I guess maybe when they're old enough to understand what you're talking about to have the conversation but it's just really hard because I me personally I just feel like I can't protect them yeah you know what I mean they can do everything mm-hmm. right do everything that they're told to do and still not make it home yeah mm-hmm. so yeah I agree I think the conversation needs to be had but like D was saying how do you do that and like my boss's son is a 13 year old but he looks like 18 he's probably 5'9", 230 pounds, and he just walks around as, like, this innocent child in his mind, but I've kind of seen a shift in his mind where he's kind of forced to grow up because people approach him differently. They don't approach him like a little 5'13", you know what I mean, or however tall they are. I don't know. Um, And he's a fresh 13, and it's like my boss was telling us that somebody, like, he was outside in the uh, backyard and somebody yelled fucking nigger at him, and he's 13. Like, you just... You don't know what to say and when to say. And she just kind of reassured him, like, unfortunately, there's people like that in this world. And we just have to, like, almost ignore it type thing. And I don't know, because I'm not a parent, what I would say to my kid. I don't know if I would want them to ignore it or not. I I know that I wouldn't want them to act violently on it. But I don't know if I would want them to act like it's not a a problem in America. But I don't know until I have kids, you know. And that's what's scary to me, because my kids if you say something to them, they're going to get upset and they're going to retaliate. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to be like that as they get older because, you know, that can get them hurt. That can get them killed. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, at this point, I don't even know how to raise them or what to tell them to do. Because like Brandy said, you can go out here and be innocent and still lose your life. Yep. So, I'm going to read a few tweets and then I'll jump into the next topic. So, someone said, black people that think we're doing too much genuinely concern me. And someone replied and said, nah, we're genuinely here for the protests and riots. But if some people's intentions were to solely start breaking into stores just to steal shit and keep it for themselves, then yes, they're doing too much. Because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Another post, there's people to be placed on this earth to be activists and protesters, and there's people out here to pray and heal. I'm not protesting either. I shed light on it, though, but I also pray. 
Um, Sally tweeted, as black people, many of us have gotten on social media and expressed how burdened and heavy we feel and how it's left some of us in a space where we don't feel compelled to speak on racial issues at the moment. So I have a question. Why aren't black celebrities allowed the same grace to feel the same way? Why do we need to hear from them immediately? Do they not feel the weight of systematic oppression the way that we do? Are they not allowed to grieve and process in private like some of us? I know that there's a level of responsibility that comes with having a big platform, but why are we always publicly condemning black celebrities for, for not speaking up immediately? Are we being irrationally entitled? I want to understand where this unfamiliar expectation comes from. Which brings me to the next topic about B. Simone, who was getting a lot of backlash because she didn't use her platform to speak up and people didn't see her out protesting. Um... So her response to that was, I'm not living to please to please man. I'm here to please God at the end of the day. I am a Christian. I'm God-fearing. I have to answer to him. I'm going to ask, what would Jesus do? Not what would an angry black woman do? I am angry, but I'm also trying to be godly. Um, and one of her supporters said, you talk about the ungodly stuff you do all the time. Why is this where you draw the line? I am a B. Simone supporter, but please don't be ignorant. God's black children need to stop getting killed by police. And then after she got all the backlash, you saw her out protesting. And to me, yeah. it did not look genuine at all. No. I missed the part about her out there protesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was all in the camera. Like, I saw that with her, so her, her yeah. sitting on the ground. I know her cousin too, so that's funny. It just it just <laughs> didn't seem genuine. Yeah. Um I seen her her tweet about what she was saying and I understand what she was getting at because as I was saying earlier, like I it it pains me to sit here and say that I don't like white people. As a Christian, as a God fearing woman, as a Jesus follower, like it hate I hate that that's how I feel. But it is how I feel. Um, I do think that she should know how to read the room. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it, it wasn't the time for that. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the time for that. And like the person who responded said, like you talk about everything else ungodly that you do. Um, you yelling and angry all the time you in your videos. <laughs> you know, you use profanity, different things like that, that the Bible clearly speaks against. So why now to say that, um, I do think it's a situation where if you, you may just not need to say anything. You know what I mean? Like to the point about the celebrities and using Kanye as an example, he's donated money. He started a trust fund for George Floyd's daughter, but he has not said anything publicly, which I think is a great idea because people are not going to want to hear mm -mm. anything that Kanye <laughs> has to say. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? If it's not the George Bush don't care about black people, Kanye, that we all know and love, <laughs> people ain't trying to hear it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we don't know what these celebrities are doing behind the scenes. We don't know what causes they're giving to. They need time to process just like we do. And I don't yeah. think that we need to force them to speak up or have anything to say. For those who choose to speak up because they have a platform to do so, I appreciate it. Thank you. But it's not a requirement. And I don't think that anyone should look at it as a requirement. We place too much emphasis on celebrities and what they have to say. We definitely do, and I just feel like, you know, we put them on this pedestal and we treat them like they're not human just like us. Like, they don't have the same mental as us or 
like like you said, you don't know what they're dealing with and how they're handling it and what they're doing to support behind closed doors. Just because they're not talking about it or posting about it doesn't mean that they're not they don't care that they're not doing anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should be a personal choice if you want to do that. Personally, if I was in that position, like I spoke to earlier, because I am such an advocate, I would say something. Um, but I agree with Brandy. Like, if you don't know how to come out and say something, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And to the B. Simone aspect, it does now kind of seem like it almost seemed like like when I was listening to Brandy talk, like she purposely wasn't putting th- anything out to not ruin her brand. But wouldn't you not care if Black Lives Matter mattered more? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Than ruining your so-called brand. And again, maybe that's not how she was thinking. I'm not saying that, but you would think that this movement mattered more than you losing a few thousand people that follow you type thing. Um, So I don't know. I would either be silent, move silently and do things on my own, like prayer, donations, sign petitions, whatever. Or you can speak about it publicly. You know what I mean? But I think that's a personal choice. I agree. I don't think celebrities always have to come out and talk about something. I don't like handle it how you handle it. The world is suffering. The world is hurting. Or take the route of just giving information. Like, you don't have to get on there and be like, I'm sick of these police and da-da-da-da-da-da. Simply repost something. You know what I mean? To provide people with education on how to fill out these petitions, where to go to fill out these petitions, how to call a politician, how to call a city councilman, whatever the case may be. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have this grandiose opinion about social justice. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't also got to throw the Bible at anybody either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But to go out after the fact and protest is like, girl, Why? ain't no point. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So I'm going to read this post and then I'll let Kim take over after because, you know. <laughs> All right. So it says of the 7,666 times that police officers killed police in the U.S. between 2013 and 2019. 25 resulted in a conviction, 72 resulted in a charge but no conviction, and just keep swiping, 7,567 resulted in no charge whatsoever. So, so I was having a conversation with my friends again. And I don't know if you guys know who Candace Owens is, but she's a political commentator. She's a black woman. Um, A lot of people don't like her because she's very um, conservative in her views. And Mm -hmm. she was saying how um, if you look at statistics, actually white people are killed more by the police than black people and this, that, and the third. And um, I'm not a statistic person. I'm not going to go look all of that stuff up. What I was telling my homegirl is, is that outside of race, police brutality is an overall issue. Mm-hmm. We've seen police use excessive force on black people. We've seen police use excessive force on white people and everybody in between. It is a police issue. You know what I mean? So, yes, this may have been what got this whole thing in motion, 
but laws need to be changed. Police need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. You see videos all the time of police just being reckless. You know what I mean? And that's not what we pay them to do. You know what I mean? We pay their salaries. They are supposed to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what they do. So that's why it's important to get familiar with laws, provide education. Like for me, the protesting ain't my route. What I would prefer to do is to educate people where to vote, how to vote, what you need to vote on, why you need to know who is in legislation in your city, who's a part of the government officials. Like, you need to know all of that because if we don't have people sitting in these offices that care about the disenfranchised, people who are living in poverty, people of color, these issues are going to continue to happen. The police mm-hmm. need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. I agree. Period. It's a police issue. So, Because, yeah. I mean, even if you bring race into it, though, like, if a black cop was doing these things, it would be different. Where would the numbers be? Yeah, it would be different. It would be totally different. And the only reason why charges were brought up on the officers because it got caught. And not even it, it had happened, and days later there was still no charges. It's because people got involved and started yeah. using mm-hmm. their voices. Y'all don't want chaos in these cities, so y'all better charge these officers. But that's only that's only the very beginning. Yeah, Charging convicted is something totally it's different. Small. Right. My thing is, is I want people to keep this momentum going. Let's not just protest for a couple of weeks or a and month then forget. and then forget. You got to keep going. That's why I said for me, it's going to be the education piece. I'm yeah. going to find out how I can get involved and go to these schools or go to these recreation centers or go wherever I need to go to mm-hmm. under to get people to understand why you. Need need to vote right forget the presidential election you need to vote in your city yep who's the judges who who who's the police commissioners like if you need to get familiar with all of that stuff that's the only way we're going to see change i was telling that to my friends like it can't just be having a kid to play sports right that's not enough Mm -hmm. it's not enough so it's not because that same kid that played a sport took a knee and look what happened to his career (laughs) man i definitely am guilty of not really getting involved in all the other voting and mm. not seeing who is who and what they're for and I definitely need to start doing more research in that too but yeah. I always see a lot of people saying like I'm not voting this time and da, da, da. and it's like I don't want to be that person either because voting is important whether you like the people who are running or not I think it's important because like you said it's not just about the presidential you know so I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah well and like the voting polls like when you go in there if you're not even sure who you're looking at it gives you a brief description of what they do believe in and what they don't Mm -hmm. and you can go based off of that whether you pick a side or not you can do the in-between liberal or whatever you want to call it and pick who you agree with you know what i mean it doesn't have to be you're strictly one-sided you know what i mean so that's why i think it's important like they give you a breakdown in front of you at on the polls as to who you're looking at and like some people decide to like print out the paperwork in advance and start studying up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just get out there I'm and do it. definitely start doing that. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Kim. I'll let you touch on your few little things that you had here. And then I'll go on to the next topic. Okay. So um, I just wanted to speak on the mixed person perspective. And not everybody is the same. Because I'll even talk about my boss. And like the differences that her and I have. Um, because unfortunately as a mixed person. America puts you in a culture it could be when you're young it could be when you're an adult for me I got shown pretty young that I was not accepted and kind of thrown more towards the black culture because somebody made a comment to me and at the time I didn't know what it meant 
you know, it was a course about being different, my skin color, my hair, that type of thing. Um, who my mom was being confused that my mom is black and these type of things. And at, when you're a kid, you're like, I, I don't know what that means. Like my mom is my mom. She's a person. Right. Um, and so it kind of got thrown on me very young that like I was, I wasn't going to be accepted type of thing. Um, and my whole point to that is like America picks who you are as a mixed person and throws you into one side or the other. Now my boss, she lightens her hair to be completely blonde. She's always been fair skinned. She was raised in a um, conservative white family. She identifies with the white community as a mixed woman. She just does. For me, that has never been a reality for me. I've never, people identify me in the Hispanic community or the black community. Mm -hmm. I've never been seen as anything other than that. So when white people are looking at me and going, I've had this in my own family. I talked about this on the mixed dish episode we did. White people looking at me as if I'm not experiencing any of these things in the black world or the black culture. You know what I mean? I think they're failing to realize too that like, these are my cousins. These are my uncles. These are my brothers. You know what I mean? And I don't think that they're realizing that that's affecting me. And one day those are going to be my children. That's going to be the father of my children. Um, And it's just unfortunate that like even being mixed in America, you get thrown into a category one way or the other. And for me, that's why I said I will always advocate for black culture and black people because I was treated as such and I see how my mom is treated Mm. as a black woman. And I see how my cousins are treated and how my uncles and brothers are treated as black people. And I see the white family that, again, worries about their Starbucks order. Mm -hmm. And we wake up every single day as, you know, as soon as you step out into this world. And like Darielle said, like, you you can see the white people judging you. Like, (laughs) even if it's them, they're either being overly nice to you because they don't want to offend you. Or they're just kind of sitting in this moment of like, I don't know if I should or shouldn't say anything. Or they're just blatantly rude because they don't care. Right. And I, again, talking about studying black history, like they always teach you that like light-skinned women were in houses and they had easier lives. But people forget that light-skinned women were not only being raped by their fathers, but they were being raped by their father's cousins and brothers and uncles and his children, which was your half-brother. And then his wife who is upset at you for that gets mad at you and then hurts your black family anyway. And then hurts the guy that they claim is your father. Who's the black man that has raised you and no working in the field. Isn't better or less work or whatever you want to call it. But people act like being in the house was easy. Mm, listen, I talk about it because at the end of the day, if you have a speck of black in you and you came out of a black woman you are black and that's what you oh, are going to be treated as. I'm so tired Listen. of the comments about me being light-skinned and, oh, house nigga this, house nigga that, or you had it easy, or, oh, you're white. Like, Yeah, it was real I nice was, being raped and having a mental illness. I Thank you. I literally just had that conversation with my best friend. He, he made that joke. He was like, I mean, you'd have been in the house. Yeah, getting like, raped. Thank you. He was like, me and such and such, you know, we maybe would have been in the garden, maybe not necessarily out in the field. And I was like, so me getting raped? <laughs> Would have been better. It's better. Like, I'd, I'd rather pick like, fucking I cotton than made a good, like, I'd rather pick fucking cotton. <laughs> like, so the alternative is better? Right. I'm confused. Like, like, nothing about slavery. Nobody picked a side in slavery and said, ooh, you know, I want to lean towards this because it's easier. Every single day was hell for you. Yeah. Every day you wake up is hell for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I know colorism is a real thing. Yes. I know that. And I understand that. But I, I think it's all the more reason why we need to stop spewing that hate towards one another. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, they're going to kill us all. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It don't matter. Like, you brown, they going to kill you. It don't matter. If you don't look like them, they all going to kill you. <sighs> And the thing, so the conversation kind of got brought up at work because I guess Asian doll or Asia doll, I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. Whoever the fuck doll um, was talking about light skin bitches this and light skin bitches that and blah, 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 blah. And then one of my coworkers spoke up who has, we all like gas her up about her skin. She's got beautiful brown skin. Like all of us look gross and have pimples and scars all over her face. <laughs> and she just comes in with this perfect skin and we're like, can we be you? And she was like, honestly, I don't even think about the color of my skin because I identify first as like a person and what I have to bring to the table. She goes, it, it isn't until somebody looks at me and identifies me as that, you know, you're pretty for a dark skin girl mm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is like people act like light skinned people don't get it too. This is the same thing that I say about like fat shaming and skinny shaming. Skinny shaming is a thing. I get picked on every single day for looking how I look. I, last month, people have been calling me petite left and right. I don't know what that means. And they're saying it in a negative way. Like, you're just so petite. Like, honey, I can deadlift over your body weight. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation. Um, same thing with colorism. It's like, they, well, you light-skinned women have it easy. I'm sorry. Me still being called a nigger isn't having it easy. Is it just me or do y'all feel like they did that as a way to separate us? Yes, because yes. They, they want the whole community. Each other. Yes. Yes. And here we are still to this day fucking yes. colorism yes. and color shame whatever the fuck you want to call it like yeah. come on y'all yeah. i just wanted to bring the history into it because everybody wants to talk about modern day but y'all don't understand where this spewed from and again i talk about it because i can be an advocate for, about it because i fucking paid to study it literally being in the house was not better the only thing it spared us is getting a fucking tan or you know sweating all day and passing out but Every imagine being raped uncontrollably back to back. Your dad, your real biological dad, is done with you, so he sends in his brother. He's done with you, so he sends in his little brother. He's done with you, so now your half brother comes in and rapes you. Like <laughs> it's just bad. like I know, I know what you mean though. It's just like that is mentally and emotionally draining. And then you've got his wife that's side eyeing the fuck out of you, and takes it out on your family and goes, "Yeah, well, her dad who." you know, the black man that they claim has raised you looked at me funny. And now they go lynch him. That's nice. That's real fucking nice. No, black people, period, had had it shitty. Just because you have a speck of white in you doesn't make it better for you when slavery was going on. And whoever said that is a fucking lie. You made that up. Please do your research. It's called American Response. Educate Look it up. Yourself. It's a big ass book. Look it up. It's got a bunch of stories in it. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. A anyway, word. Okay, I, I didn't know you were going there, but I love it. Okay, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm do dead. you have anything to add before we move on to the I next? Don't. I do not. Okay, I don't. Mm. All right, yeah. so Whew. more deep shit. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. P.S. Deep shit. Deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, not only has social media in the world been in an uproar because of Black Lives Matter, police brutality, George Floyd, all of this stuff. Now we are moving on to sexual abuse and rape and domestic violence and all of this other shit. And it's now black people being against black people, black people being against a friends. It's just chaos. 
Um, and so I watch um, some of the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix, basically just talking about how he had this massage business and he had all these young high school girls come rub them down and he would pay them. And, you know, a lot of the girls that were involved came out and told their story. I didn't finish it. I don't know if I will at this point yeah. because social media is enough for me. Yeah. Um, also, I watched a uh, another documentary on, I think, HBO with the Atlanta's Missing and Murdered Children. Something like that. And that story really, it, it I cried. Not only because I have kids, but just like I told you, when I get wrapped into stuff and I sit and think about it and watch it and read it, it's so overwhelming. And it was just sad seeing how all of these kids were just getting raped and dying. And it was it was nuts. Um, that actually just gave me the chills. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. And that's where I saw the things I sent to the group where I said they had took, was it 40 black men or 40 black people and they injected them with something? Yeah, the experiment up at the college. Uh, yeah. The syphilis experiment. Yes. Is that what it was? Yeah. And they literally were killing these men and knew what they were doing. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's a huge, huge, huge. They want to call it a conspiracy or whatever, but that's a huge thing, especially in the black community, that people just act like never happened. And it's supposed to be a college experience. Or, I'm sorry, experiment. What? What college decides, you know what, as, you know, in our health department, we're going to inject a bunch of black men with syphilis and see if they live. And okay. they weren't given a cure Yeah, for and it. you're not treating... You're openly murdering people and calling it an experiment. Okay. The world is really sick. Like, it's so... Just watching shit like that, I just be... Because you hear about it, but then to see it, it's just like, bro, what the fuck type of world are we living in? Like, this is the type of world that I decided to bring my kids into. Because if I could go back, I would not bring my kids into this shit. Whatsoever. Like, it's hard enough trying to live through it, but to actually have children. Like, and then when you're gone, they're on their own. And it's like, oh, I just, I can't. I know. I always say, like, I want my babies so bad. But what the fuck world are we in? And then it's like, I hope. You know, Brandy is right, and it's going to get better, but I don't know. Like, I, I I just don't know. I know. It's scary. But anyway, so, I don't know if I could find this post. But anyway, so as y'all saw, there are pages floating around that is outing people who have sexually abused or raped women or men around the city. I don't know if this is going on in other places, but... It's, it's, I don't even know where to begin. For I, I don't even know where to begin so about the topic. Page on Twitter? Yeah, there's like it's two anonymous. Of them. Uh, yeah, it is two of them. There's two pages. It's anonymous, and basically, people will submit their stories, and the person will post this. They'll blur out the person's name, but they'll submit the story. They'll at the person the story is about and put a picture of the person that it's about. The yeah. person that did it. Okay. Um, uh, I, I I don't know. I just I will let y'all think for a second so I can look at something. Yeah, I I don't want to say the wrong thing. I know this, it's it's just it's so a sensitive. Really touchy topic. Um, what I will say though is that I think that there needs to be bigger conversations surrounding rape and 
sexual misconduct and sexual harassment it just it just needs to be a bigger conversation mm-hmm. because for example i was listening to um russell simmons he was on the breakfast club yesterday i think and he was talking about these allegations that are coming up against him of several women who have said that he it's been some sexual misconduct i can't remember if it was full-blown rape by any of the women but it's all just allegations right now Mm -hmm. and you know he was basically saying that he doesn't want to invalidate anything that any of the women are saying he was like you know there we were living in different times and i will say that I have never raped anybody, but there could have been times where my actions were inappropriate. Right. Um, or he could understand how someone would come to the conclusion that something that he may have said or may have done could have been within the realm of yeah. sexual harassment, misconduct, whatever the case may be. I think that it's hard enough for women to come out and and speak about rape or things that have happened to them it's even harder for men to do it and people really defining what rape is or what sexual harassment is you know what i mean because there's women who are in relationships that may be getting raped and don't know how to put a title on it they don't have the language for it that part people Um, think you can't get raped in marriage either and you can right and there's also times where you could have a sexual experience with someone that you didn't enjoy or that you didn't necessarily want, but that doesn't necessarily make it rape either. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I think people really need to have these conversations about Mm -hmm. what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what no actually means, what yes actually means. Yeah. Even if we're in the middle of having sex, now I'm uncomfortable, I need you to stop. Like, it, it needs to be bigger conversations amongst both men and women. Yeah, and I think research needs to be done too because speaking of literally being mid-sex, even if, like, apparently if you take off a condom and not tell the woman she's apparently been raped by paper. Yeah. By paper. Um, and I've had that happen to me, and personally... I don't consider it rape. Yeah. I don't. But another woman has a different experience and she does. So I think legally it's very hard to determine what is and isn't because I guarantee you there's a girl that's been, that had that experience and feels raped and I don't. I felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, you could have told me, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like he raped me because again, you know how you were talking about people saying yes and no and that type of thing. And there wasn't like me being like, stop, quit, get off, that type of thing. Um, so I think it's very, very, very sensitive and it's a very touchy subject between legalities and feelings and what's real and what isn't. Um, and again, this is a personal thing, so I don't want a listener or anybody to feel offended, but for me, rape on me would have to be literally somebody physically pinning me down after I've told them no a bunch of times and they continue. You know what I mean? That for me is me being physically raped. Have I been uncomfortable by a man's words? Fuck yes. Every time a man looks at me, I feel uncomfortable and disgusted. You are like sexualizing me with your eyes and it's disgusting. I can see it. When a man, like speaking about sexual harassment and um, feeling uncomfortable and disrespected, like a man catcalling at me, I do not like that. Hey, ma, hey, ma, with the fat ass. Like, bro, (laughs) 
what are you doing, bro? Now you're sexualizing me and disrespecting me, and I'm not here for it. Yeah. Like, there's just ways to approach it. Hey, beautiful. Hey there. Yeah. That's fine, but it's just a very light subject. So, I saw something, and this is what their def- definition of them, uh, rape and sexual assault. So, it says, rape is forced sexual intercourse, including vaginal, anal, or oral penetration. Penetration may be by a body part or object. Sexual assault is unwanted sexual contact that stops short of rape or attempted rape. This includes sexual touching and fondling. Um, yeah, I agree with Kim as far as it being different for everyone. Because I feel like I've had experiences, and I won't go into detail, but I feel like I've had an experience where I didn't consider it rape. But I didn't know what type of label to put on it. All I know is how I felt in the moment. And I knew it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it. But I feel like the person isn't a, isn't a rapist or that type of person. I think they just, in the moment, I don't, I don't fucking know. But it's, it's hard. But it's just like, I think people have to realize and recognize like, when you did something wrong yeah. like acknowledge it but there are people out here that just do shit like that and they think it's okay or they don't care yeah but also i had made a tweet and i was saying how um sexual assault and rape and sexual abuse is not only by adults it's from children too children doing it to other children because it happened to me as a child like uh, older family member of mine touched me when I was a kid but I wouldn't consider I wouldn't even know what to label that either because like I said they're a child too I don't think they knew any better and I feel like maybe they did it because it happened to them yeah so it's just it's so complicated and it's just it's so hard to label things but all of this shit is traumatic period yeah, no matter what happened who it was from and I was seeing a lot of people say like oh that if that was your husband that was your boyfriend it that didn't happen. They didn't rape you. They didn't count. But that's, that's fucked not up. True. I don't give a fuck who the fuck you are. Yeah. If you do something to me that is unwanted, it yeah. is. I, it is what it is. Period. Like I just, I want people to stop finding excuses for shit. Or like people see their friend on this page and oh, they ain't even like that. That's not true. Check your friends. Check your family members. Like stop excusing their bullshit. Stop turning your fucking shit the other way and ignoring it. That's not cool. Like. Yeah. I I'm all for these pages because I feel like people need to be put out there because ain't nobody else checking them. Mm-hmm. But also it gets complicated when there are people putting out false stories because that has happened a couple times. Yeah. And it invalidates everybody that has really experienced something because now it looks like you're crying out for help or it wasn't that serious or whatever. But that's somebody that really experienced something like, yeah. again, what I went through, I'm OK, but Shorty may not be. You know yeah. what I mean? Every day may be hard for her because she feels raped or whatever the case may be. And what you said, D, is huge. Like, if you feel like you've ever made somebody uncomfortable, acknowledging that is big. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I think I haven't seen the page. I don't. I don't really know what all is going on with the page. But I would. I I totally understand the purpose of putting it out there for information purposes, but it's something where you got to tread very lightly. Mm. I don't want to victim blame anybody, and I also don't want anybody's life to be ruined if they did not do something right wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, the pages have been good about if 
if they find out that it's not true, they'll say something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my thing. And like I said, it's just a bigger conversation because I feel like, like I said, it's hard for both men and women. Like, I've been in situations sexually where I was uncomfortable. Would I go so far as to say it was rape? No. Did I necessarily want to do it? No. I didn't stop it, but I wasn't comfortable in the moment. I wasn't 100% comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And men, that sometimes they're too aggressive. You know what I mean? It's all a conversation to have. Like, look, hey, I don't like that. You know what yeah. I mean? You have autonomy over yourself to speak up and advocate for yourself if something doesn't feel right. Whether you're a man or a woman. You know what I mean? So I think that people, like when you're dating people or you're getting to know people, it's good to have those conversations, especially because of the time that we're living in. Like, mm-hmm. what are your green lights? What are your red lights? What are your safe words? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what are we doing here? Because, like I said, and I think I said this a couple episodes ago, like, I can't imagine being a man in this time, especially. For those who are not out here raping people, and but there's no conversation about what happened. You right. know what I mean? For me to even know that I did something wrong or something that you didn't like or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, women aren't taught to use their voices. Right. You know? I think if anything, like with this whole conversation that we are having, like I want my kids to know when I have kids how beautiful they are. Yeah. And to stand up for themselves. Yeah. Like, you have power within yourself to advocate for yourself. Yeah, and use your voice. That's why I said, like, I don't care how anybody feels about the shit going on in the world. I'm going to talk my shit. Yeah. I do not care. Now, if you are out here raping people and your homeboys is protecting you and all of that, fuck y'all. Period. Period. Like, period. Fuck y'all. Like, if like, that was one of my people, bro, cut it. Cut it. Let me find out that shit is true. <laughs> I'm not covering you. I'm not. Yeah. I had a friend that went off on somebody close to her for, for reasons like that. And you're supposed to. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not protecting you. Right. Shit, if I kill somebody, y'all better not be. <laughs> I mean, on the low, Freak y'all can. <laughs> I mean, on the low, y'all can. But it's like, but for real, like if I. you it like self-defense. Okay. <laughs> let them know that she ain't really doing it. But now I think like to Dee's point, like acknowledge the faults. Acknowledge, you know, the problems. And that, that right there is a, alone is enough for some people. Yeah. Like, the issue I had, I told bro, like, you shouldn't have, like, that made me uncomfortable. And we, he acknowledged it and we talked about it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't him being like, I don't give a fuck. Let's do it again. I'm going to do it again. You know what I mean? Acknowledge it. And that moment alone right there helped me, helped me feel comfortable. And like I said, Shorty may not have got that same conversation. So every single day may be hell for her. And now she's terrified, you know? Yeah. So just talk to people. Seek the help that you need. And just... I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's a sensitive subject. It's do your research on knowing what's like legally, what's right, what's wrong, that type of thing. Cause unfortunately in this world, only thing that can almost save you is the legality part because we see it in the, black lives matter. It ain't doing too much with legalities, but you know, yeah. Mm. Call on Jesus. <sighs> okay. Do y'all have anything else to add? All I gotta say is fuck these hoes past the weed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about something on here, but I probably just tell y'all off because I don't know if it's that deep. I don't want to talk about it now. You just said it. No, it's about my dad and his wife. Oh. Mm. Uh, I just don't know how to feel. Anyways, all right. So I'm trying to find his post, and I'll end on this note. <laughs> 
Okay, so it says self-care tips for black people feeling overwhelmed by the media. One, set firm boundaries. You are under no obligation to explain your feelings or educate people on what you are dealing with. Two, indulge in black creativity. We are the creators. After all, switching your focus from, I mean, for a while does not mean you don't care. Seeking out black art and celebrating black joy can provide some respite from traumatizing media coverage. Three, be tactful about your daily scrolls. Not every post, tweet, article, and message requires your attention and response. A constant intake of appalling footage and information can be overwhelming, to say the least. Four, feel. Remember that your feelings are valid and take time to acknowledge them. Anger, sadness, fear, all justified. Five, connect with other black people. It is important to seek support and comfort from others that you can trust. We hope you guys are doing okay. I know it is a lot. It is a lot for us. If you, you know, feel like you can reach out and you want to talk to us, we are here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a couple of topics from some listeners, but um, we'll do it on the next show. We haven't forgot about you. So that is all that we have for now. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Thanks guys. Don't remember or remember to (laughs) don't remember. Remember to um, share, comment, subscribe. Okay. Bye. Bye.